0: College football playoff final. We'll be tweeting from our account over the weekend and throughout the game, so give us a follow if you haven't already. We're at Talking Tigs. You could also follow us on uh, Facebook as the Talking Tigs podcast. And believe it or not, we're on iTunes and Spotify as well. Uh, well, we kind of had a little preview earlier this week, but we wanted to do one a little bit closer to the game in case anything developed. And we wanted to invite Josh LeMoyne back on new twitter handle and all so uh he's actually lsu truth now folks if uh, if you're if you're just joining us and catching up but uh josh uh thanks for coming back on how are you i'm doing good guys I'm, I'm glad to be back
1: yeah unfortunately they got some bad people in this world my twitter got hacked so hopefully i get it back if not we'll just move forward you know yeah so. Well, and I think I
2: think it's actually kind of a you know uh, turning a negative into a positive because now you've you've diversified. You're not just LSU football truth. Now you can be the whole truth.
1: Yeah, and that's I did that on purpose. (laughs) So if I want to cover gymnastics, I'm going to be truthful about it. (laughs) (laughs) Let's
2: go. (laughs) Yeah, but um, I mean, you know, there. I don't think this. this this episode this week needs any introduction like where this is the national championship this is what we talked about yeah. in August the first time we ever had you on the podcast and you know at that point I remember you know we were saying a a 10 11 win season is a great step in the yeah. right direction an appearance in a in a New Year's Six Bowl or an appearance in the College Football Playoff is uh is um you know right where we want to be setting up this program but before you know it we're we're here undefeated 14 and 0 going in as a what most people would say is a six point favorite against the defending national champions so you know i we've and we've talked about off off air like you've been on the ringer with uh with radio you know spots all over so how do you frame mm-hmm. this and you know what are your your initial kind of uh thoughts going in
1: yeah I mean starting off like you said Tommy, from the, from the beginning of the season when i jumped on your show and plenty of other shows it was you know when when I put out there people would ask me, how do you think LSU is going to do this year you know you, and and I was honest, I thought we were a ten or eleven win team um but you know i did i would always follow that up with if lSU got elite quarterback play either at a high high level, I thought lSU had a shot at the playoffs, you know, and we've seen what Joe did, and toward the end of last season he he was you know he moved along he he was getting better, he was getting more comfortable um and never in my wildest dreams that I thought would, you know, arguably the most prolific season ever by a college quarterback. You know, I mean, that I, I wasn't expecting that. So Yeah. But, you know, and that's what happened. And I, also, I think 1B under that was the offensive line. That was the other part of it. We, we knew last year they struggled at times, especially at the tackle position. And I think most fans knew if LSU is going to compete at a high level this year and, and really challenge for the playoffs or even a New Year's Six game, they, they had to get some consistent play from the offensive line. And when you look, you know, when you look at film last year, and this year I had an opportunity to do that this week a little bit, went back and watched some of the old games. It, I mean, it's it's night and day, you know. The offensive line is just, you know, they've come together real well. Um, and not just one or two guys, it's just they meshed as a, a unit, and it's been extremely impressive. Now, some of that has to do with the fact that we changed the offense and Joe's able to get the ball out of his hands a lot quicker you know, you're asking these guys last year, Tom, you're asking these guys to pass block for an extended time with five, six, you know, seven-step drops. Joe was turning his back to the defense. That's tough to do. That's a little bit more old-school type offense that we all knew ends being ran but that's just not how it's built nowadays. And these guys that, you know, you know, Florida, Texas A&M, these guys recruit speed off the edge, man. It's almost like a wide receiver coming off the edge. So it was time for a change, and, man, it just it's been – it's been an amazing run, like you said, fourteen and oh, and yeah, I mean really, to put it in perspective it's it's historic, i know it's it really is I, this is if lSU can win a national championship, this will be the best team, not just lSU football team, I would put it in my top three you know top college football teams I've ever witnessed, but you know lSU's got to close it down, you know they they, they got to finish this out.
2: Yeah, you know it's 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 really incredible to think because a lot of people are saying uh, that you know this team, like you said, if they if they win the national championship, this would be one of the you know maybe the greatest team ever to play. Mm-hmm. Joe Burrow might have the greatest season ever for a college quarterback, Heisman winner, and uh, and and you know we've we've said it throughout the entire season, and and I I said it when I, I did it didn't really hit me until maybe after the Bama game, but this has been an incredibly special season regardless of what happens on Monday and you know i almost think that we were so you know so focused on the next oh next week next week i you know i we we might never see get to see something like this in our lifetime again
3: yeah, that's no crazy. i mean I, oh, sorry not to to cut you off josh but yeah like before the season even started i thought we were going to even regress a little bit i was thinking maybe an 8 or 9 win season cuz like we didn't really add too many huge studs and we had lost a lot of stars, especially in the offensive line, the linebacking core, the Devin White, right. uh, like Greedy Williams. And then it's like, where, who's going to step up? And it turns out every single player pretty much stepped up. And so that was the key. Uh, I didn't think it was going to happen like, overnight like this, and it's just been crazy to watch. And like you said, Tommy, just every week just being so special and you kind of try and just hold that in your mind like, wow, I got to see an unbelievable team like this play football for 16 games out of the year. So that's something that I know we'll remember for a long
1: time. No, that's, that's great points. That's a, you know, and if, like you said, you know, eight or nine win teams and I, and I couldn't say anything, you know, preseason, it's not like I was saying you were wrong. I tell anybody that to it wrong, if they said that, because you're right, you're trying to replace, you know, white is man, he's on the Mount Rushmore of top four or five greatest LSU Tigers we've ever seen. So you trying to replace that at the linebacker position, the captain of your defense, like you said, Greedy Williams, who should have went in the first round. So, yeah, I mean, if LSU would have came out this year and won nine or 10 games, that would have been, yeah, like you said, you know, hey, it's let's keep moving in the right direction. But I truly believe that what we've seen, that everyone has elevated their game. That's where I know it sounds cliche, and I know it sounds like whatever, but the culture change is truly happening now. You're pushing out some of the Miles guys, and O is really bringing in his guys. Since the start, these guys have heard Coach O, have heard these guys preach, you know, one team, one heartbeat. You say, this is a culture difference. We're not going to – it's not like old LSU. This is, and I think now we're seeing us reap the benefits of an entire culture shift. I mean, it's confident, like they refer to it as swag. It's a confident swag but man it's it, it's an entire culture and that's why you see so many recruits now want to want to jump on this team and moving forward because what coach o has done at this program it, it's just it's we keep saying historic but it really is it's i mean he's not known for his offensive genius he's not known for being a defensive coordinator he's really just played his role as a ceo went and got the guys that he needed to change this around that's humbling right there for a, mm-hmm. a coach of his at us to do that so yeah man it's it's been it's been fun and it's uh, hopefully they can continue to go on but just overall i think you're truly seeing that culture shift at lsu
2: yeah and you know everyone's bought in you can see it just if you pay attention if you halfway pay attention to the social media and see how mm-hmm. the, all the players interact with each other and the way they uh tweet and you know comment on the all all the instagram pictures and all that uh every player is locked in and, and, you know, you can tell they're having such a good time too, which I think that's always like a trademark of a, of a, of a really dominant team is if you can play as well as they have and, and then also be just, you know, having fun every single game, you know, playing around, doing all kinds of stuff uh, before and after the games, that's, that just shows that they're on another level.
0: Yeah, definitely. And uh, going back to what you said, Josh, and kind of, goes with what you're saying about another level. Um, you know, with oh getting his guys in here. Um yeah, I think it started with Joe Burrow getting him to transfer in, but then right. also getting Joe Brady that next off season. And I think just kind of the stars are aligned for this particular year because I don't know if you could say, you know, this year if LSU could have done it either without Brady or or Joe Burrow, you know, one of the two. I think just both of them at the same time on Joe Burrow's last eligible season worked out uh, perfectly, and uh, you know, it's just um, uh, the the success that they've had in his, in Joe Brady's first year is just phenomenal. Like you said, it remains to be seen if it's going forward, but. Um, it seems to be trending in that direction, you know, assuming they, they keep him in place, which they said they had a plan for. But uh, anyway, it was just, you know, the, the stars kind of seemed aligned for this season, you know, just with the success they's ha- they've had.
1: Yeah, no, that's, and, and uh, you know, when I when I think about it like that as well, I just, man, maybe we, you know, we got lucky, but that Backtrack a little bit, right? And then I really – that's why I give so much credit to Coach O. I really do. When you sit back and think about what's happened over the last, like, two years, Coach O, he had to let Matt, <laughs> Matt Canada go, right? It just wasn't working out. He was supposed to come in and be this offensive guru. And, you know, to be fair to Matt, you know, I, I kind of like the offense. There's too, way too many jet sweeps and stuff like that. But he just didn't click with Coach O. He humbled himself enough to say, okay, Matt, you got to go. I'm going to let Ensminger do this. And he really put himself out there. And that's tough to do in today's world of college football because you guys know it's so hard. If if LSU would have started maybe losing and it's just not trending right, the Sharks would have came out the water and everybody Mm -hmm. would have been pointing at it. You know, made look, he he let Matt Cannon go, or he put Ensminger as the OC. So that that alone, that's why I give him so much credit as he put himself out there for this. He either knew it was going to work or not, but he truly believed in it, and yet he, he stayed the course. And he went and got the 29-year-old guy from, from the Saints. Because, I mean, just think about that. You, you got you know how coaches are, guys. You know played to play sports. That they're so hard-headed. He's, both of these guys have been coaching at the NFL level and the college level for 35, 40 years, ends being or no. And they sit there in the offseason and say, we need to go get somebody that can run the spread for us. Let's go down to the Saints and see who they got. Bring in a twenty-nine-year-old guy, and he's going to—he's you know, going to teach us everything that we know about the RPO and spread. You just don't see that happen in this era of coaching, just because them older heads they they, they just won't do it, and that's why though, Les Miles, look at—I mean, he would just literally beat his head into the wall until he got fired, and he's going to do the same thing at Kansas.
2: So, yeah, you know, if you read that article in the Advocate, that uh, uh i think it was. Either Ross Dellinger, Scott Revelle wrote, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, talk where they interviewed Oliva. That was basically what they said: is that Oliva, and, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not a fan. Most people aren't big fans of Oliva as an LSU fan, but he said that they tried to talk to Les Miles and he, he was like talking to a brick wall. Really,
1: I didn't read that. So that's, that's crazy. So, well, yeah, I mean, and you could see it. That's how I felt as a fan. That's how I felt as somebody that was breaking that team down. It was just like. I watch so much film, I'm just like, what are you doing? It's what's happening at Georgia right now with Kirby Smart. It's not like Kirby forgot how to coach. He's a tremendous coach. But he's going to have to humble himself and go bring in some guys that can run this type of offense. And you know what? It might trend back the other way 10 years from now to more of the Mm -hmm. old school. But right now, this is who you have to be. And yet, Georgia's going through that right now. So, we'll see, you know, how that all plays out. But, yeah, I just think Coach O's deserves a lot of credit for this because he was able to humble himself. Put it out there, and you know, let's let's change this entire culture and this entire, you know, offense around.
3: Yeah. yeah. To uh to pivot to the the big game here at hand against Clemson, uh, how do you think we kind of match up against them? Because like, I know that they're obviously the stiffest competition we face, but. I've kind of thought to myself that maybe they're the team that's kind of built to stop us because we face good offenses, Alabama in particular, and good defenses, uh, Auburn and Florida and Georgia, but Clemson really is the total package, so is this something that we're going to be able to take on and uh, come out on top? Are there any like key matchups you're looking for? Sorry, I didn't mean to just kind of shove the conversation to one direction here.
1: No, that's all right. We're LSU fans. We'll, you know, you're right. We'll talk about how awesome we are for too long. So, (laughs) (laughs) no, I mean, yeah, Tommy. I know you probably have some thoughts on this too, but just real quick, the couple matchups I'm watching right off the bat, I I really want to watch how LSU's cornerbacks match up against these big wide receivers. It's going to be fun to me. A guy who really is a a film guy, who's a film nerd. That this is going to be going to be great to watch because. Those guys are going to be playing in the NFL. There's no doubt about it. You know, a, a T. Higgins, a Justin Ross. That's that's Sunday guys. But they're built a lot different than what the Alabama guys are. These are big, tall guys. They're rangy. They can go up and get the ball. They're not quite the burners and the quick twitch guys like Alabama has, you know. Alabama wants to toss the ball three yards out and let those guys go to work. Clemson likes to push the ball down the field with these big receivers. And, you know, that's how they should play. So, watching Stingley, watching Stingley and Pulton match up against these big wide receivers is going to be, uh, it's going to be interesting. Look, Clemson's going to win some. Um, they are just because they're too talented. You know, LSU's going to win some. But I think at the end of the day, with LSU, I think they're going to win more than they're going to lose, and uh, that's that's what you got to hope at this. I just think LSU goes out and recruits big, tall cornerbacks, big rangy cornerbacks for precisely these type of games. That's why they go get a six foot two cornerback, a six foot three cornerback, a safety that's six two or six three, like Stevens, you know, and Grant. So that's that, that's one of my, my key matchups in this game. I think it's going to if LSU can match up well with those wide receivers, they're going to have it should have, you know, it should turn out pretty good for LSU. Tommy, what about you, bud?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of agree. I think that the the first matchup that I'm looking at is the cornerbacks, and I I totally agree that. And I almost think that that even though, um, you know, we haven't faced, you know, probably as good of the the taller, uh, bigger receivers like you mentioned. I almost think that's a benefit for us though, because, um, especially if we watch Stingley, like the main reason, the main reasons he's gotten beat. He's only gotten beat a couple times this season, which is just a testament to how good he is. But when he has gotten beat, it's been on a on a by one of those burners. Of course, you know the Alabama game where he was looking at the sideline. Not really his fault, but still, <clears throat> um, I believe it was it was either Waddle or or Devonte. No, it was Devontae Smith. You know, runs off and, yeah, Smith. for you know X amount of yards, 80 yards or something, 70 yards. And then um, you know the same thing happened a couple other times. I think it happened. Uh, Gosh, in the Georgia game, I think they got him. Um, I think it might have been Pickens in the second quarter, or second half. But regardless, you know, I almost think that because he's so good at te- – he's such a good technique, uh, you know, corner, that he's going to be fine and, and he, he'll be able to hang with them and he, he's not going to get beat athletically. So, you know, f- that he can, you know, stay in uh, – stay right, right by him and stay – technically sound then we're fine and Fulton you know he's a senior he, he knows what he's doing as well so I think we're fine as far as corners go of course Grant has come back to his you know come back to his normal play so can't expect uh, him to have a have you know anything less than a good game
0: and speaking of coming back um we made it to national championship game so that means we get Michael Divinity back so, I mean, how, how much of a, you know, of a factor, I know he's only going to be in, I think, certain, certain packages, certain formations, but uh, I mean, how much of a boost is this going to be? Yeah,
1: look, I, I think it's, some people say it's going to be a big boost. Some people say it's not. I The fact that we can, we can use him now as a pass pass rusher. I, it's important. I don't think people realize how important it, it really is now you guys remember when he went down, right? Chason was kind of struggling a little bit. He was in and out of games. We, You know, we were talking about on this pod, well, who's going to who's gonna come off the edge? We're looking at the true freshman five-star, right? Yeah. Marcel Brooks. We started using him off the edge, you know. And, and But what's happened is it's allowed us to find a couple guys, other guys. Chason has really come on special in the last, let's say, month of the season. He's really playing like the five-star we expected him to be. Um, and we've seen what Marcel Brooks can do. He's speed off the edge. You know, he's quick as can be. Now you bring Mike back. It's just it, it allows you from any package, no matter where you're at in first down, second, you've you got a pass rusher now. You know that you're going to have a pass rusher. You don't have to kind of scheme it up with some exotic, we got to bring Jacoby off the edge, you know what I mean, blitz him. So, to me, it, it's a big deal. And he might only get, you know, 20, 25 snaps. But that's 20 to 25 snaps that now we have an elite NFL guy that can come off the edge for us uh, and that we didn't have. And you guys remember, Mike, he was always in on some of, the, some of the plays at the beginning of the season. So I think you're going to see Mike. Mike's going to end up making a couple of nice plays in this game. He might only take 20 snaps, but would not be surprised if he gets a sack, a couple of tackles behind the line. That's just he's, – he's a senior, and that's just who he is. You
2: know, it almost reminds me – I think that I think that he'll be a, an X factor in that, you know, they're Clemson isn't probably... I mean, I'm sure they, they know him as much as we do. They're going to be preparing for him. But we haven't seen him on the field in, what, over in, like, eight weeks or something? So, you know, it reminds me almost of uh, when Ricky Jean-Francois came in and was the MVP of the 2007 game, and, you know, really nobody even knew who he was at that point. And so, you know, it could be... Of course, everyone knows who Michael Divinity is at this point, but him coming in, you know, really no... Uh, pretty much green... In this game, um, he's got an opportunity to really, uh, you know, show out and and kind of redeem himself.
1: No, I, I I agree. That's I mean, and you know, he's he's from New Orleans. He's it's just he, this is so big for him. I think if it was, you know, I, I'm that's not worried because the the level of this game. Some people were asking me, do you think he's going to be ready to play? Maybe if this was a regular season game. I mean, this is the national championship in the Superdome, his hometown just the adrenaline alone, Mike's going to be fine. I expect him actually to make a couple plays in this game.
3: Yeah, and then to flip it to the other side of the ball, um, with Clyde Edwards-Alaire playing limited snaps in the game against Oklahoma, I've heard that he's back to full health, but, which is hopefully the case because we we'll obviously need him. But have y'all, any of y'all heard anything about kind of what the status is there as far as how they're going to split carries between him? And I've heard that Chris Curry might have a, an expanded role again and kind of how we're going to use that in our offensive game plan.
1: No, I just want to say, if uh, I've talked to a couple sources close to him, and um, from all sources I've talked to, that uh, he's back to himself, 100%. Um, he's he's a Clyde that we know. Uh, they said he, he's looked great, everything's healed up. But you know, hamstrings are funny, guys. You know that that it could takes one little tweak and you're back, you know, on the sideline. But from the sources I talked to, um, they said he's a-okay and he's been looking been looking great at practice.
0: I think that Chris Curry has earned himself some more playing time. Uh, I know mm-hmm. from that last game, we are wondering, you know, how much was Clyde's absence going to be a factor. But uh, the three backs kind of filled in nicely, but especially Curry. I mean, that guy can just run hard right up the middle. And, you know, he just he looked great against Oklahoma. I, I, hopefully he can do uh, great against Clemson. I guess it remains to be seen. But I, I think that would be a good one-two punch. Uh, especially now that Clyde's healthy again. Yeah,
2: definitely. I think that uh, I, think Curry definitely will get will get a uh, you know more carries than uh, than he would have in the early you know, earlier in the season. But having a hundred percent Clyde is is just as important as well, just because of how versatile he is and how you know you split split him out wide. You can run him, uh, you know, hand the ball off to him. You can do the option. He can block. That was kind of the question when he got injured: is you know will will any of our other backs be able to block as well as he can? but um yeah you know, i'm glad I'm glad everybody seems to be healthy. looks like Terrace Marshall's healthy. it looks like uh uh McGee's going to be healthy so um you know
3: I hope, it makes I a hope difference because j k. Dobbins ran for hundred and seventy four yards in a touchdown against Clemson and then another like fifty out of the backfield so uh yep. Clyde being pretty comparable to him gives us a pretty good edge there and a good
1: sign no that's that's a that's a great point. A lot of people that really don't watch too much uh, Clemson or Ohio State football, got a lot of questions, you know, who who should who should we looking for. A lot of people I was surprised didn't watch the Clemson Ohio State game. Um but yeah, when you break it down, that's a great point. It's having Clyde having Clyde there early in a game. I I'm really looking for I'm really looking at this. I would I wouldn't be surprised if they use Clyde early on to you know, do his Clyde thing. He's versatile like Tommy was saying it, it, but now since we know we got Curry and what he's all about, he he's done it on a big stage. I wouldn't be surprised talking to a couple of sources, you know, that midway through the third, you start them to see kind of feed Chris Curry as that defense is getting tired, tired. As they go into the fourth quarter, you get that Chris Curry, that who runs a million miles an hour through a brick wall, every single run. So uh, that's, that's something to keep, keep an eye out for that. I, I think we might see, Curry throughout the game, but midway through the third, you know, toward the end of the third, when that defense is tired, you you walk him out there with fresh legs, and he's going to be tough to tackle. So I think that's that's just something to keep an eye on. Yeah,
2: it, I guess uh, you know you mentioned that Clemson. I mean that Clemson Ohio State game. Was there anything that stuck out in in your mind um, from that game that kind of you think it applies to the to the national championship? And you know anything that um, you saw. Uh, Clemson struggle with or, you know, we were talking um, earlier about uh, Mm -hmm. Trevor Lawrence and his running game and, you know, how if if that was more of a one-off factor from the Ohio State game or if you think that's, you know, they're adding that in as as more of a staple now. So talk a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, um, you know, that's, that's another question I got quite a bit, Tommy, that some people ask me I was a little surprised when you break down Clemson film. Trevor Lawrence, he's athletic. He's a big kid, six six or whatever he is, and uh, and people, man, he can run the he can run the football. He can, you know. but if you really watch his film, he hasn't really broke that many big runs. Now he's athletic. He can get out and you know he can get you for six, eight, ten yards if if you don't uh, tackle him. So he's he's got that ability. But watching LSU handle Hurts last. Uh, two weeks ago against Oklahoma, I think they will be really prepared if Trevor, if that's something that Clemson was really going to try to use. I just don't see them really trying to trying to run him as much as a lot of people are just grabbing on to Tommy and saying that, oh, they've got to watch it, he can run. I, I, I'm not too worried about that. Now, when you break down the film for Clemson, when they, they use their running back, you know, the all-world running back that – uh, that's where you're going to have to key on if you want to stop Clemson. If if we let their running back get you a know, you know 145 yards on us, 165 yards, catch nine balls for for 70 yards out the backfield, that's what LSU's got to. got stop. They really got to key on him. They really got to use Patrick Queen, Jacoby Stevens. Keep that guy in front of you. That's when you turn on the film. When they go, they. they that's who they go with and when he gets rolling that offense can get rolling uh but i think when with that being said if you can contain him okay and force the ball in trevor lawrence's hands to make him throw that ball more than what they would really like to because he's had a good season don't get me wrong people ask me that well why do you want him to throw he's a good quarterback but i think if you're looking for a weakness, because remember this is a great team. They're undefeated national championship. If I was going to pick my poison, I would go ahead and try to make him throw the ball more than he would really want to throw it into the heart of our, our secondary and maybe see if we can get a couple of turnovers. Yeah.
2: I, I mean, I think, I think that uh, the other, I think that the other thing is that they'll, they try to run ETN with all this, you know, in the passing game and really work him into the passing mm-hmm. game as well. And, when you've got ETN, if you can get him in, if he gets in space, you know, he's one of the most dangerous players in college football. Um, we've good. had, you know, we've had some some success uh, with some, you know, real speed type guys. And, uh, you know, Chasson's been real good at, uh, at closing down on people. Like you said, Patrick Queen, Jacoby Stevens. But I, I would say that, you know, that has been, you know, that's, that's probably a weaker part of our defense than maybe our defensive line or our, um, Or our quarterbacks, you know. So that is something that they'll probably attack us on, um, and we're just going to have to stop it.
3: Yeah, and then not to forget that both T. Higgins and Justin Ross, uh, Clemson's two stud-wide receivers, both got hurt in that game against Ohio State. Uh, Apparently they're both pretty much back and healthy, nothing majorly serious, but uh, put a dent down. And then so if that's something that Christian Fulton and Derek Stanley can exploit or maybe key up on, being physical early in the game, I think that's something that we can use to our advantage, especially if they're not 100%. Because even 95%, that make make a difference in one key down the field ball later in the game. That could be the the difference between a 40-yard completion and then a key incompletion. So uh, I'm not sure if we know anything on their health as well. It's kind of the same question I asked about Clyde, obviously, but uh, something to watch out for during the game, whether they go to their backups who may not
1: be quite so good. No, I mean, from everything that I've talked to and talked to a couple of good people around Clemson that – Everything looks like it's gonna be a full go. Um, you know, and but one thing about one thing about Clemson folks, they keep everything in house, even their media people, they're not gonna let anything leak out. It's almost like a cult there. They're they're, they're really tight knit there. But it's uh it's I don't I expect them guys to be full go, but I, I do expect our cornerbacks to jam those guys at the line of scrimmage. I think that's where we can use our size at the cornerback position. To kind of slow them guys off the ball at the line of scrimmage. I think you'll probably see them guys walk up man to man and jam those guys to don't let them get that free release.
2: Yeah. Now, one one person that I've uh, that I that I want to I'm eager to get your opinion on because
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, I've watched him and you know, he's a really intriguing player is Isaiah Simmons for Clemson. Yeah. You know, he plays linebacker, but really plays more like a free safety. They put him everywhere. He's in pass coverage, he'll, you know, blitz, he'll uh play, you know, standard kind of linebacker um play. So what do you know, what do you see for him? What do you expect from him? And uh you know, what's kind of your take on him as a player uh in general?
1: Yeah, when you turn on the film, Tommy, when you watch him, that he's special. He's an NFL guy. He's going to you know, and they move him around because they know how special he is, and he's just a playmaker. You know, and I—it's—he's I, a guy that you're going to have to key on. If I had a guess, and you know, when we walk up to the line of scrimmage and before we snap the ball, and Joe's doing all his pre-reads and all that, I guarantee he will know where he's at on every single play. What makes LSU so good, though, Tommy, is that they can't. We have so many weapons. So if LSU really has four receivers, you got Thaddeus Moss, you got. Clyde coming out the backfield. You can kind of go like they did at Oklahoma. Oklahoma put two guys on Jamar Chase and said, okay, we're, we're going to shut down Jamar Chase today. We're not going to let this guy beat us. Joe said, okay. And he threw it to – And Justin <laughs> Jefferson had four game. touchdowns, five touchdowns. <laughs> exactly. So LSU's got that ability, and that's what's so hard – that's why they're so hard to stop. I think he'll go away from Isaiah Simmons because Simmons has got such good ball skills – he will pick you off in a heartbeat. So I just think that might be something to watch as you're watching the game, kind of watch your Simmons that. And I wouldn't be surprised Joe goes away from him as much as he can. He's just – he's one of them guys that – it's like a Stingley. How many times are you going to go to the bank before, you know, it gets stolen? So it's, it's one of them things that if you can, I would shy away from going to him. And But like I, like I said, I, I think a guy like Terrence Marshall and a Thaddeus Moss, I've tweeted out a couple of times. I really think those guys are going to kind of be the X factor for LSU in this game. I, I'm just got a feeling they're going to use Thaddeus, Thaddeus Moss. He's going to have a big game. And Terrace Marshall, we always kind of forget about them too. And then the game rolls around, you know, Marshall's catching two touchdowns for 80 yards and six balls.
2: Yeah, no, that's so, I mean, it's so true. I've watched, uh, I haven't, to be honest, you know, I, he wasn't the, uh, the, the main player I was, you know, watching for Clemson. I I've watched a lot of Clemson games, but I haven't, um, mm-hmm. I'm too busy thinking about ETN and thinking about Lawrence. And, but as uh, as people mm-hmm. been prepping for this game, they've been talking a lot about Isaiah Simmons, and of course, he had a a good game against uh, Ohio State. So I saw him there, and yeah, you know, he's a, he's a, a fun player to watch if you if you appreciate you know good defensive football. Any you know, regardless of what team you're for.
3: Yeah, for sure. I mean, they got the the strength up the middle of him and Xavier Thomas, and that D line. They obviously lost. I think, three uh, first-round picks in the, to the NFL last year on the defensive line, but they just reload every year. Their recruiting program is so strong there. They've already got like six five-stars lined up for next year, so they might be back in this championship next year. But uh, we'll see. Uh, I know that we can definitely kind of pick them off at this point. Now, what um, do you think
2: I – See, I, the, the main thing I see that could be a struggle for LSU is uh, – and I, I, w- I would be inter- interested to see if you agree um, – you know, LSU's kind of worst game offensively was probably Auburn, where they were playing, you know, mm-hmm. arguably one of the top maybe the top defense of the country, definitely top five, I would say. And that was and if you I mean, we all watched that game, me and Dana were there. LSU moved the ball fine, but when they got into the red zone, you just couldn't put the ball in. And we ended up, you know, trading seven for three. And that that reminded me a lot of the Ohio State Clemson game, where You know, Clemson or Ohio State would, and Justin Fields and J.K. Dobbins would take it down to the goal line or to you know into the red zone, and then they couldn't score. So I feel like that could be a trouble spot for LSU. What do you think about that? Of course, we have one of the best red zone offenses in the country by every all, all metrics, but if that's not firing, I feel like that's a that could be an issue.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it always could be an issue. You're absolutely right. And that's really what happened against Auburn. We couldn't finish there. They stopped at the goal line a couple times. But when, uh, look, I'm just going to be honest, you know, when you turn on the film and you watch Clemson, the, the, that drop off, guys, from last year, that arguably probably with a top three defensive line that I remember in college football, probably the last 20 years, I mean, they were very, very talented, okay? You lose all those guys, you, you lost four guys to the draft. Three first rounders. I think the other guy went in the second or third round. And when you there's a drop off. There's a major drop off. It's not saying these guys aren't talented. They're not four star guys and they can't play. It's just they're not there yet. And when you really turn on the film, this is where LSU, I think, is going to is they're going to do what they do. They're going to have to bring blitzes, exotic blitzes, off the edge, whoever that is. You know, do some stunts, do some things like that to get pressure on Joe. When you really watch their defensive line and their front four, they can't get pressure with it. Go, if you go look at their sacks total this year, it's extremely low. Uh, it, I just think that's where LSU's offensive line is going to do well. They're going to have to bring the blitz to get in Joe's face. The problem is, as we all know, you better you know you better be quick with it. You 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 know you better get your hands up because Joe, if he reads where you're coming from, you know he's probably gonna he's probably gonna beat you. He's so good at it. At his pre reads and, and watching where the blitz is coming from, I love that. I'm not saying Clemson is not talented, but if you got to pick a spot on Clemson where they're weaker, you know, considering last year when they faced Alabama, that defensive line compared to last year to this year, it's a major drop off. It really yeah. is. If that was the A plus defensive line last year, this is you know a, a B minus defensive line. And and nothing against that. Next year they'll get better. It's like you know you, you got to reload, but you gotta you got to get those reps in. Guys get older. Um, so, you know, Clemson's fine. It's just that's, when you really turn on the tape, that's probably one of their weakest spots on the whole team. Yeah,
2: that, I mean, that's so so true, because, I mean, especially, like, just with Wilkins being gone, who was a a Mm -hmm. stud for them, uh, in that national championship game, I think he even had a touchdown in that game. Uh, of course, that was when they were just beating the tar out of Alabama, but anyways, um... You bring up a good point about about Clemson, you know, bringing in all these exotic blitzes, and and that's kind of is the basis of their defense. But one thing that I've heard um, that might be another problem spot is that you know they they move their people around and they're never fully set, and they disguise their blitzes, and you never. So do you see that? Of course, but like you said, Joe's always looking and and making different calls and and checking out of plays. So where do you think? You know, who has the adva- – or not necessarily the advantage, but um, I guess who will get the upper hand, you know, while Venables is, tell- is is having his players, you know, move all around the field and Joe is trying to, you know, dissect that defense?
1: Yeah, the, the O-line, uh, I think it was Lloyd Cushenberry had said something to the media. Uh, I, I caught real quick, and he they said they worked on the defensive fronts for Clemson for an hour and a half, just the fronts, the formation the, the different fronts that Clemson will bring at you for an hour and a half, okay, not even the blitzes that's and you could see in Lloyd's face that it was like it's it's a lot. Um, it so that's where we like you meant you mentioned their defensive coordinator is you know he's a genius just like ours. I think that's where if LSU can you can confuse LSU and you can get those guys to make some mistakes. I think you know Clemson. They, they you know they start to have a shot, right? And that's what you want. Cause turnovers, cause some chaos. Um, just, I, I can't. I'll have to see it. You know, I have to see it happen because LSU's offensive line has been been pretty darn good this year, um, and the ball comes out of Joe's hands so quick. So if you're going to hit LSU with a bunch of different fronts, a bunch of different blitzes, the ball's out of his hands in less than two seconds. So I'm curious to see how Clemson handles that. If they maybe fake the blitzes, you know, and, and drop back in coverage more, uh, or do they actually send send the blitzes? But if you're going to send them consistently, you better get there every once in a while because if not, Joe's going to burn you on some of them slant routes, and you know, some of them short passes, and you can take them, take them the distance. So, yeah, I mean, it's just one of them things that's pick your poison. But Clemson's got the talent, though, Tommy. If they really put it together and they confuse LSU's offensive line, they absolutely can make some plays. I'm just going to put my stock in Joe. You know, I'm a, until he it, he gets beat, until you make him look, you know, make him look like he can't do it. I'm, i I got to go with Burrow. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, you know,
2: this guy's been he's been ice in his veins all year, and this team really feels like a team of destiny. I think this is our time. You know, if we don't snatch it now, you know, who knows when you get this opportunity
0: again? Yeah. Keep in mind too, it, we talked about Trevor Lawrence uh you know and them possibly using him as a runner because he is a good runner if given the opportunity but you know so is Joe Burrow uh you know and they when I, when they went up against Georgia in the SEC Championship game uh you know just they they were close but they could never quite get there and you know he either got out of the uh the pocket and threw a 70-yard pass to, to Justin Jefferson or he scampered for like 15 or 20 yards so you know if if Clemson's able to maybe break up what the Lions do and you know hopefully uh, Joe Burrow can can kind of find his way to at least the first down marker which he's been known to do so I, I think that might be a might be some advantage uh, you know facing that front.
3: Yeah, I think that's exactly right, Scott. And then uh, kind of speaking of of running to. I think we pretty much hit the championship hard. But looking ahead to next year, Josh, I wanted to get your take real quick on what can only be described as, like, the craziest recruiting saga I've seen in a while, which is uh, Zachary Evans. Zachary Evans. And then uh, if you had any just opinions, not even, like, what's going on, but just thoughts on that. And then uh, Jameer Gibbs, the running back, who he just announced he's taking an official visit to LSU, so he might be filling in that running back slot here coming up
1: soon. Yeah, no, I mean, you look at the Zach Evans uh, situation, you know, as far as like a, high, a high-ranking a high recruit, you know, one of them national recruits, it's probably the craziest one I can remember. I mean, there's been some crazy and silly ones, but never at necessarily this high of, of a ranking guy. You know, number one running back, uh, you know, our top five guy, and he's been all over the place. I mean, you, you guys keep up with enough. How rare is it for a place like LSU – to say thanks, but no thanks, Georgia,
0: to release you from your, you know? From
1: yeah.
0: your, your, I don't, I, that, I don't even that, know if i ever. Auburn doesn't even want yeah, it.
1: That, that never happens. <laughs> they, take, they take everybody. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, and that, it just kind of blows my mind. Now it's looking like maybe he's gone back to Texas A&M, and from, from sources i told that Texas A&M is, gonna, is kind of doing their homework and they haven't truly said, yes, come on, come on to Texas a m So I think he's getting to the point where he's burned so many bridges down. You guys know recruiting, man, okay? Recruiting's a little slimy at times. Recruiting can be interesting at times. You can't have a kid to be able to come in your, you know, your program and say the wrong things and put things out there. And then you find yourself where Ole Miss and Mississippi State were, Okay. Under mm-hmm. sanctions, and this guy said this, and this kid said that, and this parent paid this. You don't want to get into that, and I think that's what spooks a lot of these guys. Is we know that things happen, right? You know, I mean, it happens. So, the kid like Evans, if he's not happy or he's frustrated because he don't get to start the game, and he goes on social media or he tells people that you know LSU, you know, I want to leave, I want to go transfer portal. They paid me money. You you've got to be careful with that, and I think. That's where that culture change at LSU is just—it's it, no way I think O would take him now, knowing everything around them. It's just not somebody good for the locker room, and I just think O could say, you know, I, I'll go find an, an, another guy who maybe not be as as equally as talented, but he's pretty darn close. And you know, I got a good strength strength team, and we we'll, we'll, we'll get him there pretty quick. So, you're speaking of Gibbs. You know, the more I, the more about Gibbs and the more, like, I, I take my time to research about him, man, Georgia Tech has done a really good job at recruiting him. He, You know, he kind of committed there early, and Georgia Tech's been on him, you know, for a while now, a couple years. And I just feel like he feels like he's part of the family. They committed to him early on in, in high school, and it's going to be tough for LSU to pull him. My honest opinion is I'd love to have him, but I just – Unless something changes, I just don't see him flipping to LSU or Ohio State right now. I just think he stays at Georgia Tech. That can always change. That's just my opinion. Um, so, you know, we'll see what LSU does. at a running back position. And I think that's where you might see LSU leave a couple spots open, you know, on the transfer market, you know, and just maybe just kind of see what's out there. But um, right now I don't have the warm fuzzy on Gibbs.
2: Yeah. You know, And it, with the Zach Evans thing, I mean, it, it's really been – it's crazy to watch because, you know, at one point he was posting – he would do all the things where he'd post the pictures of him in the different jerseys and then delete them and then re, re-put them up, and, and it was very strange, but it shows you, you know, for a guy who I, – I heard Ryan Clark said uh, after he saw him in a camp that he, the guy was the reincarnation of Adrian Peterson – it it matters, but like you said, if you're gonna tear down the locker room or if you're not gonna play because you're or if you're gonna get mad and, and transfer because you're, you know, a, a freshman who's not starting, who cares, I guess. You know, and, and that's yeah. what it looks like Coach O said, and like you said, Kirby Smart said, and maybe even Jimbo Fisher says. Although I wouldn't be surprised if A and M takes him. I think I think that's where it'll end yeah. up. Um Jimbo needs all the help he can get after uh, after his trouble at A and M. But as far as Gibbs goes, he's a guy. You know, you kind of, you and your your Twitter page uh, kind of turned me on to him, and I watched some film. I, I like the kid a lot. I I, I would love to see yeah. him come. But like you said, if he if he's sold on Georgia Tech, then you know, good luck to him. I think that uh, they've you know, with them working in that new uh, spread offense that, that uh, they just installed this year, he'd probably be a good addition to that. But, no
1: yeah yeah he absolutely, yeah absolutely he absolutely will be a good addition to it he's he's uh he's that type of running back, and that's why I think oh we like him in this offense he can kind of play that same role as Clyde, you know, and we'll see when he comes in and visit, you know maybe he 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 likes it, but you know I got a lot of respect for the guys that that commit early on because school showed them interest right out the gate, they really like their film as a junior or a sophomore in high school, and the guys that stay with their commitment you know. You can't get mad at him you just got to kind of appreciate that this, as you know that's that's it's good for a kid at that age to stick to his word and say i'm gonna come play for you because we see a lot of these guys flip all over so you know i don't think he becomes an lsu tiger but you know anything can change i'd love to have him at, at lsu but right now my, my guess is he's gonna stay at georgia tech
2: yeah i mean you can't blame him for for going with the girl that brought him to the dance
1: Right, right, right.
2: But I guess other than that, I think, I think that pretty much wraps it up. You know, we, we covered all the national championship uh, insides, and, and now let's just get the game on and let's play it. Oh, actually, finally, what's, it, what's a, you got a score prediction?
1: Yeah, um, so basically I've been saying, uh, let's see, LSU 48 um Clemson 30 35 ish right around there is kind of what I'm thinking and doing that 30 and 35 range I do think that Clemson is going to score some points they're too talented not to um they're going to take some chances which they know because they know LSU is probably going to score some points on them but yeah I think LSU ends up winning this game somewhere around that 48 to 35 range 48 to 30 range um now real quick I will say that if if LSU lets you know a tip ball interception, you know Joe does something. that he, he fumbles. You know Clyde fumbles. I think this game, if there's a couple turnovers that we're not used to with this game, you then I think that's where this game becomes close—a 38-38 game, you know, a 42-45 game, um, and it can absolutely happen. Clemson's got that talent, so um, you know I wouldn't be surprised if it happens. But I got LSU winning this 48 to to 30. Well,
2: there you go. I think uh, for everybody out there, you know that that cover they, they LSU covers and that hits the over. So, <laughs> if you know, do with that what you will, but uh thanks a lot again, Josh Lemoyne. Now LSU Truth, formerly LSU yeah, Football Truth. Uh, go follow both accounts if, you, if Twitter will let him let him out of Twitter jail. Of course, my my old account right. is still in, still in Twitter jail. Um, yeah. but uh Scott, you want to wrap it up?
0: Sure. Sure. Uh, Well, that'll do it this week for us on Talking Tigs. Thanks again to to Josh for coming on and joining us and uh, imparting his knowledge. We will have a a little wrap-up for you after the game Monday, so stay tuned for that. But until then, have a good weekend, enjoy the game, and we'll talk to you next time on Talking Tigs. Big ol' Go Tigers! Go Tigers!